Hello and welcome to Have You Seen Episode 28. I am Kieran Lefort and over there is Tom Webb. Hello. I had a creative intro but I've forgotten it, so I think we should just crash on and talk about Vanishing Point and The Iron Giant, which are the movies we pitched last week. Okay, okay. Uh, which way round do you want to do them? Um, let's start with Iron Giant. Okay, I should recap that, really, shouldn't yes, I? Yes, please. I have no idea why I pronounced recap, recap. But <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Giant. Yeah. It's 1957, a small fishing town in Maine, USA, and a meteor crashes into the sea, bringing with it an enormous metal man. Hogarth Hughes is an adventurous sci-fi-loving young boy. Uh, he saves the giant's life and befriends him. If you throw in a beatnik, a paranoid government agents, and Hogarth's uh, waitress single mother, it's time for an adventure. This is an adaptation of Ted Hughes' book, The Iron Man. Um, and is uh, I haven't read the book. You say you read the book as a kid, yes. but don't necessarily remember it. No. I remember the book being on the shelves in the school library, but never yeah. read it. Yeah, and as far as I'm aware, there's quite there's some very there's some quite significant changes. Y- yeah, uh, yeah, over and above it just moving to the US. Yes, yeah, very much so. Um, I'll start by saying I really enjoyed it. Excellent, good. That's why I wanted to hear podcast over. Goodbye. See you next week. Um, the uh, there was I was uh, there is one thing I didn't like about it, but I'll come okay. to that later. Okay, yeah, fine. Um, like you said, it is hugely different from the book. Like really, quite substantially. I went back. I went and uh, found a like an online synopsis of the of the book mm. that outlined the entire plot. And um, the book is initially set in England, mm. and it contains Hogarth meeting the the giant and befriending it, and the point at which he hides it for a bit. And that's where. And from that point on, they're mm. completely different. Okay. Um, in the film, after that. He kind of hides it, and then it's he's being chased by the the government and the the yeah. army and what have you. And um, the giant is introduced to the village uh, or to the town mm. when there's a, someone's in danger, and he rescues them. And mm. you know, there's this whole attack and all that mm. kind of stuff. Whereas in the book, um, he initially traps the giant in a hole, and it stays there for a year until it digs its way out. And then, I, do you know what you say that, and that rings a bell in yeah. my head. I might actually have read the book. Yeah, and then, I remember that, but yeah. only that. And then, then the vi- the the village that it's set mm. in befriend the giant, and everyone's happy. Mm. Um, and then something else from space crash lands in Australia. Mm. So they dismantle the giant, ship him to Australia, where he challenges this other earthly being to a challenge, mm. um, which is. Uh, I think that the giant says that if he can survive for longer being doused in petrol and set on fire, then this being can get close to the sun. Something like that. It's, it's a really weird, Yeah, it's a really weird challenge, okay. um, which the giant then wins. Hmm. And this space being, it's got a really weird name. It's something like, you know, the, the, the space bat from God knows where. Okay. Um, uh, then has to defer to the giant uh, and the giant makes it fly around the earth singing this beautiful music mm. which that which uh kind of comforts humans mm. and brings about world peace so it's, i mean it's completely yeah. off the wall different yeah um but what i think is interesting is that i don't think that would have made a particularly good film no uh i think the book is uh, metaphor and allegory it is uh, yeah very the, much and so, the yeah. movie is, yeah. is Straight well, it, ahead it, and literal. It, it was written by Ted Hughes for I think for his children after the suicide of his first wife, mm. wife even, 
um, who is Sylvia Plath, the American poet. Okay. Um, so I think basically what he was trying to do was almost write a tale that helped them deal with grief and taught them about self-sacrifice and why people are driven to do the things they do mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I think there, you know, there was a very specific reason for the way the book is written. Mm. And I think the filmmakers tried to bring that sense into the movie about um, sacrifice and mm. kind of teaching y- young people how you deal with things like death and, and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and there was one thing that really kind of, I was like, oh, this is really perfectly pitched. And there was one thing that ruined it, I think. Anyway. Okay. We'll come to that later. Um, the level at which the movie is pitched, I can kind of see why this didn't really do so well as a family film because yeah. it, it feels more like an anime that is pitched at everybody, adults included. Yeah. It's got it, it doesn't have a family feel tone to it necessarily. There are moments where it does, but it's pitched to everybody, but it's not necessarily a family film. Y- yeah, Damn, okay. uh, yeah. What I mean is that you know. You get family films that are that are inclusive to adults, if yeah. you like, um, and this this isn't this doesn't feel like this. I mean, you you like, you could watch it at pretty much any age, mm. but I don't think you know it seemed to be very. There were scenes at the beginning that seemed quite um, adults, the wrong kind of term, but it, you know there was um, all the stuff about the the communists and the the era that it's set in. Mm. I think might need a little bit of prior knowledge. Okay, and a bit of okay. understanding behind what that was, and I also think that um, you know the you know uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s character of a beatnik and mm. that kind of thing, they don't really kind of interesting. They don't overplay it like the, you normally would in a family film. No, because uh, the performances are quite subtle to an yeah, extent yeah, yeah. Um, for certain characters. But you know, I really really enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was it was really really good, and um, th- it kind of. The changes they've made to it made me realise it's it's a very similar to E.T. in the way that the story works. Yeah. Um, but I think this does what – it tells that story and gives across the points much better than E.T. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'd much rather watch this than that. Um, but no, it, it was really good. What I found interesting, though, was that um, obviously it was based on the Ted Hughes book, but that book was also used – as a basis for a storyline in the Transformers comics, right? Yeah, apparently so. About a, a, a uh, one of the Autobots coming to Earth and befriending a child or mm-hmm. a young boy, which was then used as the basis for the 2007 Transformers movie, which is kind of a, an interesting yeah run. I'm trying to think because I read all of those Transformers comics. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think there was a storyline with Bumblebee and it, kind of what they did in the cartoon mm. a bit, where he, there was Bumblebee and Spike. So it, yeah, yeah, you know, it, I found it interesting that this story. Yeah, he was Buster in the uh, in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was interesting that this story kind of has always been on the radar of other mediums. Yeah, and and what have you. Um, and I also thought that this, the character design was very much in the sort of late fifties, early sixties Disney style. Hmm. Um, and I and I kind of wondered if that's you know a nod to the the setting as it were I would think so given like we said it's set in 1957 yeah um, I think that that kind of helps it fit yeah absolutely yeah yeah I mean there's stuff I really did like I mean there was some uh, the, 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 the 
design of the robot's face is very simplistic, mm. but incredibly expressive. Yeah. Um, which we've seen, you know, Pixar have gone on to do mm. a lot with things like Wall-E particularly. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see the, the heritage through this. Mm. Um, you know, little th- devices like having title cards, mm. like um, when Hogarth is trying to persuade uh, the beatnik, whose name I can't remember, um, Dean, Dean, there Dean, we go. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking down my notes. Yeah, uh, trying to say Dean that he should look after the robot, mm. uh, and he he starts banging on the door, and then Tasha Carl comes and just says, "37 minutes later, yes. and he's, he's, still, and he's still, still going." going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I liked little touches like that. Did um, you uh, did you uh, watch the little sci-fi movie on on the TV? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's some fantastic stuff in I that. Love, that I love I really love the good. the the acting of the leading yeah. man within that movie. Yeah, it's brilliant. They've got <laughs> the, the spot on. Yeah, the dialogue is absolutely perfect. Mm. Um. And things like the lighting in the interrogation scene. Mm. Uh, it, it's just really, really nice because it's drawing on all of the influences of the time and that mm. kind of stuff. Although the bit with the chloroform was a bit creepy. Yeah. You know, there's, so that's what I mean. It's like kind of like there are, there are elements like that where you think... It has a... Uh, it's quite an edge to it. it. Yeah, it has a big heart, but also has a, a little a little dark streak running yeah. through it. Yeah, which I think is really, really good. Mm. And I can kind of see... I can kind of see how... In the time it was released, it they didn't quite maybe it wasn't quite marketed right, or it just didn't quite no, find its no audience. Idea, no yeah. idea what to do. A bit with like it. Princess Bride. Yeah, you know, it's got that. You know, it's it's got a, an audience, but it's just you know really tapping the right yeah. people. Um, I like the uh, there are some nice little nods and references to movies and sci-fi stories. Mm. So uh, when the Iron Giant becomes a weapon mm. at the end, he he gets these little tentacles Spoiler that come alert. out. Yeah, uh, the, he gets these tentacles that come out, which are you know identical to War of the Worlds, yeah. uh, you know the early fifties one, um, and uh, the submarine off the coast with the nuclear weapons in is called the Nautilus. Yes, and you know nice little touches like that, which I thought you know really paid homage to the heritage of their sci-fi and what have you. Um, overall, I think that that's really all the really good points I've got to say. What's um, the thing you didn't like about it? The thing I didn't like was the ending. Mm. Um, I'll get. I'll, I'm going to completely give away the ending because sure. to make to to make it clear that um, in an attempt to defeat the giant, the army release a nuclear warhead towards the town, hmm. which the giant then sacrifices himself to stop. Superman. Yeah, and he yeah he does his yeah. Superman impression, which I think was great and. The end of the film, uh, the la- one of the last things you see is the general sends the young boy the only piece of the giant that they could find, mm. and I think that's where it should have ended. Yes, I- I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. And then after that, it had already been set up that the giant can fix itself. Yeah. And then the last thing you see is uh, the wasteland of Iceland or Finland, and yeah. uh, the robot parts are, uh, are moving towards each other. Mm. Um which I suppose is kind of almost a setup for a sequel or, or just a, it's okay, he didn't yeah, yeah, die. Yeah. And that, for me, completely undermined the whole point of the film. It is a little bit tacked on, certainly. Yeah, I, think, I, I think I would have had it at the, like the, that screw arriving to Hogarth and maybe just had it the, the flashing light. And yeah, then possibly. Cut, cut to credits there yeah. when Hogarth realises what's about to, what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, see, for me, I, think, I kind of think because of the, the, the nature of the story and the mm. fact that it's about sacrifice and it's mm. about um 
you know, doing the right thing at the right time. I, that's why I was just like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a shame they did that Hollywood ending, as yes, it were. I know, you but know? I, I also understand, I kind of understand why it had to be, why, yeah. it, why it was done. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that's the point at which you start to wonder, should they have really pitched it as a kid's family film or should yeah. they have stopped it there and had just had it as it was? Well, if um, you watch it again, turn it yeah, on. Yeah, I will, yeah, <laughs> I will, yeah. Yeah, so that was the only thing I didn't like, which, you know, well, considering you got through it like ninety minutes of the movie well, exactly. beforehand, before, before exactly, finding yeah. anything you didn't like, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I I really really enjoyed it, and it's definitely worth a watch. Do I you mean, agree? It's a, it's a uh, uh, Vin Diesel's best acting performance. Yeah, yeah. I think what they did was got him in the studio mm. um, and gave him a list of emotions yeah. to read every line in. So every line got happy, sad, yeah. overjoyed, every possible emotion they could think of for him <laughs> to do, and then they just cut in the one that closely most closely <laughs> resembled what they actually he wanted. wanted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. I think the voice acting all round is really good. Yeah. Um, possibly the the weakest person might be uh, Jennifer Aniston, if anyone. But even then, she's pretty good. I think I, I think the problem with Jennifer Aniston's casting, she's yeah, you're right, she's not bad in the. I think the problem was this was at the peak of her um, mm -hmm. her friend's powers, which I think yeah. we touched on last week. Yeah. Um, and you kind of you're carrying you're carrying the Rachel baggage yeah, yeah. going in, especially yeah. if you saw this in 1999. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think because my wife was kind of she um, she was actually doing something on her her computer, but got distracted by this film, and um, was kind of watching it. And she, if anybody heard that, my elbow just cracked. Yeah, and uh, she she was like. It, wasn't sure who who any of the voices were, mm. um, which I think is the best way to go in, really. Yeah. Quite often, uh, when when you know you can just associate the character. Sometimes I think when they have big stars, where it's clear that that's yeah, who they the, are. There's the persona issue. Yeah, yeah. it kind of undermines it a little bit. But no, I thought you know, like I say, it's a great film, definitely worth watching. Excellent. Uh, I found the customary reviews, mm -hmm. uh, a bit of customer feedback. The customary customer reviews, indeed. Um, I was looking for some funny alternative titles, and I couldn't find any. Mm -hmm. The only country where it wasn't apparently called The Iron Giant was Denmark, right. where they called it The Boy and the Iron Giant. Right, fair enough. Uh, it's worth pointing out the reason it wasn't called The Iron Man was so that it wasn't confused with Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. yeah, the same reason Avengers now assemble in this country. Yeah, um, I've got a five-star and a one-star. The five-star is probably going to destroy my throat because it's written entirely in caps. <laughs> I'll attempt to go read on, this in the style it. in which it was written. All right. I have water on standby. Hold on. Let's get, the, on. Uh, the water get yourself ready. geared up. <clears throat> I'm I'm full of a uh, a branded sugary carbonated drink. Right. So um, <laughs> I need a little outlet for some energy. I think. Yeah. All those of you out there who like TT will absolutely love this film. Oh, by the way, every sentence ends in at least one exclamation mark, usually more. Okay. It has, in my opinion, a familiar ring to the story, hence my mentioning E.T. at the start of my review. A boy befriending an alien visitor, only this visitor being a giant alien robot. It has a lot of funny moments, particularly when Hogarth's squirrel runs up Harry Connick Jr.'s trouser leg while he's in the diner, causing havoc. Also, touching moments in this film will probably tug at the heartstrings of adults as well as children. Certainly tugs at my heartstrings, I must say! Two exclamation marks. I enjoyed this film when it was on VHS. Even more so on DVD, which I will receive in a couple of days' time. Enjoy. <laughs> Brilliant. I love Amazon. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I found a one star. There's oh, a yeah. lone one star review. Really? Okay. Yes. This person's not happy. Right. Uh, you can almost smell the British middle class indignation coming off. The right, okay. 
I work in a junior school, and this was needed for, a, for the literacy topic that the children are working on. All the children were very excited at the thought of watching the DVD to bring the book and their work to life. I ordered the DVD and paid for a one to two day delivery. It has still not arrived. I'm cancelling the order and will be placing it with a more reliable company. <laughs> Brilliant. I just like the, it's got nothing to do with the film. Yeah. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> just the, the, the righteous indignation at their disc not turning up. What, what I'd like to hear is their review again once they receive the DVD and realise yeah. it's nothing like the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed in Amazon for not putting the book on the DVD. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, should we go from uh, big iron giants to big, big iron cars? Uh, yeah, muscle cars. Yeah, or uh, a muscle car. Yeah. Do you want to sum up while I uh, skim to the correct page in my notes? I will do. Yes. Uh, so, vanishing point. Um, one of my favourite films. A fantastic. What's kind of considered as a car movie. Um, the basic plot is Kowalski is a loner who works for a car delivery service and he has to deliver a 1970 Dodge Charger from uh, Denver to San Francisco. Um, he goes and sees In his, 15 hours? In 15 hours. I looked it up on Google Maps. Yeah. Officially, it's 19 hours and 50 minutes. So if he's got the hammer down, he could have done it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I always kind but of I digress. That, yeah, I've always figured, because that must be, what, a 55 mile an hour speed limit? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so he goes to his local uh, drug dealer, Fills himself up with benzodrine and uh, bets the dealer that he can deliver the car in 15 hours. Uh, if he fails, he'll pay double the price of the drugs. Um, that's the basic premise. And then kind of along the way, he meets all these weird kind of people. Um, and you kind of reveal more and more about his character as it goes along. The thing I forgot to mention last week is the fact that um, obviously speeding and stuff. He breaks the law, gets chased by the mm-hmm. police. And he's kind of championed by this radio, blind radio DJ mm-hmm. um, who kind of keeps track along the way and kind of acts as a almost like a guardian angel kind of willing him, willing him along to kind of beat the system and what have you. Um, and like I said last week, I have absolutely no idea what Kieran's reaction would be to this film. He's either <laughs> going to love it or hate it. And I just, I don't know. Well, um, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. For the first 45 minutes. Damn. Yeah. And then it stopped being a fun car movie yeah. and started throwing in all of the what has become cliched indie American late 60s, early 70s independent movie bullshit. Right. Fair enough. It has everything yeah. you would expect in an American indie movie of uh, of this era. Yeah. And I wrote it down and I can't find it because I can't read my own writing. <laughs> So, let's talk about... Oh, found it. Here we go. This contains everything you want in a 60s-slash-70s independent movie. Race, religion, drugs, skewed metaphors, cars, Jufro's, boobs. Uh, needs more hippies. Right. That was the only thing missing was hippies. Uh, there were some hippies. Well, yeah, they were kind yeah, of the Jesus kind of... freaks, though. Yeah, well, I, suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah. 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 Um, like I said, the first 45 minutes where it's just straight ahead. And yeah. If you go by the tagline like on the DVD, which is like the ultimate car chase movie, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it it lives up to that for yeah. for almost half of the running time, yeah, and then it just meanders and wanders. Right. Um, it's not like um, what was the last movie you pitched me? Touch of Evil, Touch of Evil, right. which kind of like, ejected me out of yeah. the passenger side at fifty on the highway. This yeah. just dropped me off gently, patted <laughs> right. me on the head, and drove away. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I was I was hoping it for it to get back on track and become. Right. The car movie again. Yeah. Um, stuff I enjoyed. Let's talk about stuff I enjoyed. Um, you can tell I'm quite full of uh, a branded <laughs> yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel oh, I have dear. something in common with Kowalski. 
Yeah. Although although what I took was legal. Yeah. For a man on speed, yeah. he's remarkably laid back. Yeah. Well, I'd um, expect him to be like a bit more jittery, but he's I'm really not sure. he's very calm. I'm not sure that technically Benzedrine is speed. He refers to it twi- at least twice as speed. He does, but I think that Benzedrine was a, a legitimate prescription drug. Okay. Um, in fact, I think even during the six, uh, maybe the early sixties, late fifties, it was used for, um, it was used for purposes of keeping people awake and doing stuff, uh, like quite legitimately. Yeah. Uh, and Bit then pro plusy. Yeah, and then yeah. became illegal. I yeah. think. Okay. Um, there's some good proper old fashioned car stunts yeah. in here. People they hurl those they do. Uh, the dodges around, don't yeah. they? Yeah, absolutely. There's some great stuff in mm. this. There's some really good uh, there's a couple uh also there were a couple of times where I went, Ooh Yeah. Uh, uh I think there's a, a near miss with a police car where he comes shooting out of a, <laughs> a dry riverbed yeah. and misses it by maybe six inches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's Bo- some really bo- good both stuff. cars in motion. Yeah. Um yeah. uh the my notes are all over the place. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't drunk a sugary carbonated beverage before I watched this. Right. Um, what did I write? Eight minutes in, and he's already made a mess of that car. When he when he just kind of turns off into the desert, and he's like, yeah. if he's delivering that to somebody, I know, I, I'm I assuming know. he's going to take it to the car wash before he <laughs> yeah. knocks on their yeah. door with the keys. Yeah. Um, uh, bonus points for using Mississippi Queen. Yes. I like that song. Yeah. And I liked music produced by Jim slash Jimmy Bowen. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For what you could have won. <laughs> the red-helmeted guy in the E-Type Jag... I know. ...somehow delivers all of his lines without moving his lips. Right. It, he's he's facing the camera at some points with his mouth closed <laughs> and going, yeah, come on, I'll race you. <laughs> I, do, I do wonder if uh, if they realised they needed a bit of dialogue there and they just hadn't bothered. Like, originally there was nothing there's, planned yeah. and then, you know, they needed a bit yeah, after. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of crap ADR in here. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, there often are in movies. You know how say. I love my over-explanatory dialogue? Yeah. Wonder what's going on. Here comes CBS News. Must be important. <laughs> right, that's practically the first line of the movie. Yeah. Uh, what did I write? I was surprised at how nice it looks. Yeah, the photo- some of the photography is really nice, yeah. especially with like the just the car and the great American landscape. Mm, yeah, some of the helicopter stuff is really great. Yeah, um, some of my favourite bits of it where um, basically during one of the police chases to evade the police, he goes off off road into the desert, and yeah. you get you get a little sequence just like of helicopter shots where he's effectively just driving around, and you can see him driving back over his own car tracks, and you get loads of kind of tracks in the in the thing. It look, just looks amazing. Yeah. Um, not only did we see tracks in the desert, I spotted the crew a couple of times. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and ac- uh, according to IMDb's goofs, although I didn't spot it, occasionally someone pops up in the passenger seat. Oh, really? Uh, and occasionally oh. there's a bloke in a yellow shirt sitting in the back. Yeah, that might be because um, there were some deleted scenes. Oh, Charlotte Rampling got removed, yeah, didn't she? Yeah, she did, yeah. yeah. And although they say that she was put back in for the UK DVD release, I'm pretty sure she's not in the, the copy yeah, that I gave That's you. because that DVD is the, U- the original US cut. Right, gotcha. Um... Uh, ironically now the only way to get the UK version yeah. is on the US special edition right because they uh, haven't released a Blu-ray over here yet although there is one in the States yeah no it's not over I, here I really want to see how well this cleans up on Blu-ray mm. um, I recognised some of Cleveland Little's dialogue oh really and then realised it's uh, quoted slash paraphrased slash mangled at the beginning of uh, Breakdown by Guns N' Roses oh right the, okay. um, the Lone American Hero speech yeah yeah uh, as a note here, I think must have written this during the some of the car chases. What's this just made using the driver games director mode? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, there's some. It, it, there are a lot of movies that kind of reference Vanishing Point and yeah. games. Um, most notably, Death Proof, um, which they have the exact same car mm. uh, for a lot of it. In fact, when Tarantino was shooting it, anyone driving past would stop and say, "Are you remaking Vanishing Point?" <laughs> um, and quite thankfully, he didn't. Yeah. And uh, just well. The car chase in Death Proof is rubbish anyway, but um, yeah. Do you know what? I think we might we we haven't discussed on the show. We talked about it. I've no interest in seeing Death Proof. I really like Planet Terror. Yeah, the other half of the the Grindhouse yeah. double. But I've got no interest in Death Proof whatsoever. I, I was intrigued by Death Proof when I when I heard what it was about, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a Dodge Challenger in it and a Dodge a '69 Dodge Charger, mm. and I was like. I've got to see this. That's the Dukes of Hazard car, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Which is my, you know, all-time favorite car. <laughs> so I was like, your wife's going to come home one day and there'll be one. <laughs> yeah, on the exactly. Front yeah. Drive. So I was like, and, and there's also there's another one in there as well. What the hell is it? It might be a Chevy SS Camaro. Mm. Um, and so for me, that was like pretty much any car that's got any film that's got muscle cars in it in some kind of race car chase capacity. Yeah, yeah. It's I on will, your I will, I will watch yeah. it, mm. um, regardless of how good it is, mm. as we've seen from Redline. Um, oh. But <laughs> But but yeah, that, and that movie just fails to use those cars in an interesting way. But anyway, that we're completely getting off topic. We now. are uh, a little bit. Yeah. How do the police know all this information about Kowalski, like his military record and that uh, he was a cop and all the rest of it, mm. without knowing his first name? That I don't know. I don't know. It's never I'm mentioned. Assuming, it's like, I'm, uh, no, I, I'm assuming that that you know because they're kind of trying. To, he he kind of becomes this sort of almost living legend throughout the course of the film. Well, one actually, something I did like uh, that I've just noted, that I just realised that I wrote down, was I like the way the details about his past are revealed. Yeah. How you find out more and more about him yeah. as it goes on. And even to the point where he's, um, he's uh, at the biker's shack and the biker disappears and he's left with the naked woman who's offering to pleasure him. Yes. Uh, yeah. She has got a collage of him. Of yeah. him. Yeah. That I, I really, I mean, uh, that's why I think this is a cut above most of these kind of 60s, 70s car movies is because it it focuses a lot on his character. Mm. And it kind of, like I said, you kind of get Which is this. weird because he's also kind of like just a non-character. Yeah, absolutely. He's just the driver. Yeah, absolutely. But you kind of, I don't know, You by the time you get to the ending, mm. you kind of, you know so much about him you you kind of know what the inevitable is going to be and it, mm. i think i don't know i think it really works um the naked woman in the desert with the biker yes riding a motorbike naked in the desert seems incredibly dangerous to me yeah yeah but it was the, it was the 70s <laughs> it was the 70s it? Yeah. this is very true yeah. um the method for getting through the nevada roadblock is inspired uh, hang on, the, where the that? biker helps him out with the, the oh, siren yes. and yeah. the mini motorbike with the flashing headlight they strap on the top, the top. and convince the police that, from yeah. a distance that it's a police car co- yeah. peeling towards them. Yeah, so they go, oh, quick, get out of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that was kind of good. I think the last the last note I have is um, uh, Cleveland Little is mm. on the the blind DJ is on the uh, yeah. is is on the horn telling him that uh, he's going to meet some resistance coming into the Sunshine State. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Florida. So if he's off to the Sunshine State, he's heading in entirely <laughs> the wrong direction, and it's going to take more than fifteen hours to get there. Um, yeah. Like I said, first half great. Second half, it just kind of lost its way. Um, right. I think with a bit more focus and a bit less drugs. Yeah. On on the behalf of the crew. Yeah. Uh, it could have been an awful lot better, but it right. just kind of it gets bogged down in its own metaphors and right. feeling. I think it feels it has something 
it has to say something, right? But doesn't entirely know what it's saying, what it is that it's saying, okay. or how to say it, and it all gets a bit muddled. Yeah, well, because there's all kinds of. I think there's all kinds of somewhat heavy-handed and at the same time somewhat obfuscated metaphors of life and death. Yes, and him heading toward heading towards the 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 gleaming white light he can see between the the blades yeah. of the bulldozers yeah. at the end. Yeah. Well, the whole the whole film. Um, should we give away the ending? We might as well. Cause it's, Go for it. Yeah. Well, we did for Iron Giant. Why yeah, not? exactly. So basically the, the end of Vanishing Point is that he's, after this journey, after he, we've been having these flashbacks, revealing all about his character, um, the police set up one final roadblock, which consists of a few police cars, some flares, and basically two massive bulldozers mm. right in the front of the thing. Uh, and he gets up to it, comes to a stop, turns around, goes back, more police cars coming, and then he makes the decision... This is it. So he spins around and plows straight into the bulldozers and the car explodes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the end. And the whole kind of thing about the movie is that it is this man, his last journey before death. And effectively, this movie is his life flashing before his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the cutscene with Charlotte Rampling um, is... Basically, uh, she's a hitchhiker. She gets in the car. They have these conversations. I think more stuff about his life gets revealed. And then he falls asleep, wakes up, and she's gone Mm. with no sign at all. And she was supposed to effectively be the spectre of death that that was kind of saying, you know, this is where you're headed. You know, this is your time, as it were. Um, So, I mean, that was kind of the whole uh, kind of... I don't know what you call it, really, the, the 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 thought process behind the movie. And then you've kind of got Cleveland Little as the guide, yeah. to, guiding towards the light, as you yeah. were. Um, I understand that, but I yeah. think if just sitting down and watching the movie, you probably need to be in the same chemically induced state as right. the, the crew when right. when they made it. And then, then all would become clear. I see, okay. No, I, I really like it. I mean, I, I kind of... I think I, I probably kind of really got the depth of it after a couple of viewings. Yeah. I mean, initially I just enjoyed it because it was a, car, a good old mm. car chase for most of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, what is interesting about this this film, though, from my point of view is, um, you know, I like my car movies and my wife often likes them, but, you mm. know, she's not as as keen as I am. And then one, one night we were like, what should we watch? She wasn't that bothered. Um and I'd always been saying, well, we should watch Vanishing Point because she liked Death Proof. Okay. And I was like, you should watch Death, uh, Vanishing Point because that's where you see a real Dodge Challenger doing some really cool stuff. Mm. Um, and eventually she said, I'll just stick that on. And, you know, and I was like, okay, you'll probably get a bit bored with it, but mm. you should watch it anyway. And she absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, and in fact, she's actually sent me a comment on the Facebook uh, page that said, um, Another winning week for me. Vanishing Point is one of my favourite films ever, and I love The Iron Giant. Excellent. So, um, yeah, we lucked out with those two. Marvellous. We also lucked out with hilarious foreign titles for Vanishing Point. Brilliant. In Mexico. Yeah. Race Against the Target. Okay. In Spain. Yeah. Fail Safe Zero. <laughs> okay. In Greece, San Francisco Zero Hour. <laughs> In Norway, Death Behind the Wheel. Right. Well, that kind of gives it away. Yeah. In Denmark, yeah. speed. Right. <laughs> and finally, the best one is from Sweden. Right. With the nail on the bottom. What? It's called With the Nail on the Bottom. 
Okay, I can't even I can't even like even vaguely see how that, that is relevant. It at might all. I don't know. It maybe it's the Swedish phrase for putting your foot down. Oh I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Brilliant. Nail it to the bottom, Klaus. What Klaus isn't Klaus. a Swedish name, no, is it? It's not. Okay, cool. fine. Let's pretend that never happened. Yeah. Uh, I apologize unreservedly to Sweden and really cool Klaus. <laughs> yeah. I found some five star reviews okay. for uh Vanishing Point. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think any of them are particularly hilarious. No. Uh there's one <laughs> I have three different ones here, just like a quote from each. But I think they all kind of go together, would fit together as one review. Okay. Excellent movie about the decline of the American dream following the closing of any geographic frontiers. Actually, this starts at... Remember the French... Yeah, come Don't on. hit your microphone, kids. Oh. Remember the, uh, the, the French professor... Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, this isn't from him, but it reminds but you of him. The following sentence could be one of very his. reminiscent. Right. I'm not going to do the accent. Right. Only the metaphysically creative can make something of the new world order in which there are no more nations to conquer unless one is willing to accept high casualties and looking to one's own laurels after stealing them from others can be a suicidal trip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> its story, if ever there was one, involved Barry Newman, which I just read as Barry Norman, in the <laughs> which would be an amazing <laughs> film. Yeah. I go in San Francisco, and why not? Yeah, uh, Barry Newman having to deal <laughs> Barry Norman and Randy Newman together. Oh my god! Um, okay, Barry Newman having to deliver a Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco. Well, everybody spells San Francisco wrong. That's interesting. Right. That doesn't really matter. No. It was an adrenaline rush involving Newman driving an American muscle car as fast as possible. From out of nowhere, some bloke decides he wants to test his E-Type Jag against Newman's Dodge, as you do, and it all ends in tears for the Jag driver. Yeah. And then this, uh, the, which I think sums it up perfectly. The chase, the desert, the shack, the girl, the roadblock, the end. Yeah, that pretty, yeah. That, that's yeah, vanishing that's, point that's in, great. Yeah, that's in 12 fantastic. words. Yeah, yeah. I, there's actually, it's quite funny, uh, Barry Newman is in another movie that I will pitch you at some point, um, which is uh, Steven Soderbergh's film The Limey. Okay, um, and there's a bit in that where I think which are, I have had on DVD for I think almost ten years right. and have never got round to watching. I've even ripped it from DVD right. to watch on my laptop or yeah. my phone or any other kind of electronic device. I've while I'm in the, I've never got round to it. I will. I will pitch it at some point. Um, and uh, well, there's a scene in that they're up in the Hollywood Hills and he has to get from the top to the bottom. Uh, what was he? I think he's in like a big old Mercedes or something like that. Um, and uh, you know they're getting preparing to do this shoot with the car going down, and they're talking about getting stunt drivers and stuff like that. And Barry Newman's like, "No, I'll drive." Mm. And they were like, "Well, what? What? Hang on." He's like, he's like, "I was in Vanishing Point. I'm driving." <laughs> I did. Uh, I did read a couple of stories about the the stunt work on right. Vanishing Point. Mm. Um, there are cu- there were a couple of things, a couple of quite dangerous things, yeah. where Barry Newman swapped out with the stunt driver without telling the director. Really? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think he, he strikes me as the sort of person that's going to do it and put mm. his foot down. Mm. Yeah, supposedly he ended up doing a, like, a fair amount of his own stunt yeah. driving. Excellent in the film. Right, what are we going to pitch for next week? Uh, do you want to go? Okay. You're going to make me do it. No, I'll go first. Okay. So, I've been trying to figure out what to pitch you. As usual. Um, Don't you hate that time of the week? It comes around every week. It's like, great, we're going to do another show. We're going to record it on Thursday. Oh, it's Wednesday and I don't know what to pitch him. Yeah, no. So I've been thinking about pitching this one for a while and I was just waiting for the right time to rewatch it. From 1971? No. Oh, God. From 2000. Okay. And it's a film I'm amazed you've never seen. All right. I'm going to pitch you Battle Royale. 
Ah. I've been it's on the list of I've been meaning to. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz um it's a, a like I say a Japanese film from 2000. Um and I'll give you a, a, as brief a synopsis as I can. Um in the future, the Japanese government captures a class of ninth grade students and forces them to kill each other under the Revolutionary Battle Royale Act. The children are taken to an island, given backpacks containing weapons, uh, and they're all uh, made to wear exploding collars. Uh, The exploding collars will go off in certain places at certain times, uh, and they can be remotely activated as well by the the people in control. Um, And from then on, it's last person standing. A battle royale. Yeah. Um, I think this is a, a... It's a really 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 good film mm. um it's one of those films it's, it's kind of difficult to say you enjoy it but it's just a really 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 good film yeah okay. um what intrigues me about this in particular at the moment is that off the top of my head i can think of uh three films that have this this premise mm. um and all of them very different mm. um so I believe. I mean, this was the first one that I'm aware of. So we've got this one, which is the the, the Japanese mm. version. Um, it was originally a novel. Uh, both the the novel and the film were uh, were well. There was an attempt to ban them by the Japanese government, mm. um, which failed. I think it was a manga as well. I think it was a. I uh, think it would. It was. Yeah. 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 Um, it also uh, didn't get a US release until last year. Really? Yeah. I know it's on US Netflix now. Uh, not anymore. Really? Yeah. That was where I was going to watch it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that I found quite intriguing. And there's lots of kind of weird stories about why that might have been. Mm. Um, the other films that have this similar premise mm. couldn't be more different in mm. a way. Um, the most obvious recent one is The Hunger Games. Yes. Uh, which I know you've seen, but I, I seen. haven't. Uh, it's not going to get pitched on this show. Yeah, no, I, I have no inclination to watch it at all. If you're going to make a movie of a book... Don't just literally make the movie of the book. Yeah. Um, the other one, though, is a film called uh, The Contenders Series 7. Series 7, yes. Um, which is a... Which I haven't seen, and again, was is something I've been meaning to watch. Yeah, I, that's another one I've got on my list to pitch you, actually. Um, and that that's kind of... That's done as if you've bought the DVD for a roundup of a se- uh, reality TV yeah. series. Um, and it's obviously very... I mean, it's, it's quite funny, so it's very different from mm. this. Um I'm not going to go into too much detail about what I think about the movie until you've seen it because I don't want to. What's the third s- one? Huh? You said there were three. Uh, yeah, Battle Royale, Series All right. I yeah. thought you said three. All right. I no, no, you said no, three no. other. No, no. Okay. It, do, it does actually remind me of another film, but with a different premise. Okay. And that's tonally, and we'll talk about that okay. another time. Oh, fine. But it's, it's, I know it's a movie you haven't seen, so. Um, the one thing to to look to, or to bear in mind when you're watching it is there are no stunt doubles. Okay. All all of this was filmed with the kids themselves, okay. and they're all all about fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. Um, one familiar face you will recognise is Takeshi Kitano. Excellent. Uh, he plays who's their, contractually obliged to be in every Japanese yeah, live action yeah, movie. Absolutely, yeah. He uh, he plays the the teacher of the class, mm. um, and his ca- his character arc is fascinating mm. and and brilliantly played as you can imagine mm. it would be um so that's all i'm going to say on it because I, i'm just intrigued to know what you think about it really okay excellent um how do i segue neatly into my pitch i can't because i've just said how can i segue neatly yeah. into my pitch so um i am going to pitch you a film 
mm-hmm. uh, based on a book, right? Which somebody sued over. Okay. And then somebody else sued over how they were portrayed in the film. Okay. Uh, we're not, we're United. Not, oh, right. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, we're not going to get sued over what we think about, are we? No, I would hope not. <laughs> Good. Um, it's fair to say that, much like me, you mm. know nothing about football. Yep. I could even say, you know sweet FA about football. <laughs> you, you could. That and just I, just came about, to me. Yeah, I just about get the gag. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Um, but I don't think that will be a barrier. Okay. Um, this is not too dissimilar to uh, the likes of Beyond the Sea right? Uh, and Moneyball. Okay. Which is about baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know you've seen it and mm-hmm. you like that. Yeah, I thought it was really yeah. good. Um, a lot of facts have been fudged. Right. Uh, and I don't Dramatised. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of. Perhaps not as rose-tinted and the songs aren't as good as um, Beyond the Sea. Right. Uh, but it does kind of romanticise that era of football. Okay. I should probably tell you what era of football that is. Yeah, you should do, yeah. Um, it's, this is a somewhat fictionalised account uh, of Brian Clough's ill-fated 44-day run as manager of Leeds United in 1974. Um, at that time, Leeds were the top club in the country. Right. Their manager had just departed to take over the job as England manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clough got the job um, because he had taken um, uh, uh, Derby County, mm-hmm. who languished mid to bottom of the second division. Right. Uh uh, all the way up to winning their division within about two years. Right, okay. Mostly by sacking everybody and hiring the team he wanted. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, uh, and this this covers the, those 44 days. Right. Uh, and in flashback, how it came to be and the aftermath. Okay. Um, this is all about one performance, this movie, mm-hmm. really. Uh, Michael Sheen is right. Brian Clough. Yeah. He's dead on yeah and if you don't believe how dead on he is ask your wife yeah yeah i was the gonna football say fan in yeah your, in your yeah, house yeah my wife's a football fan so but uh, uh like uh his david frost and his kenneth williams and his tony blair yeah. this is more than an impression right it's not yeah. it's, this isn't um it, yeah this isn't a guy getting up on the stage and doing a brian clough impression yeah um I don't know how Michael Sheen does it, and it seems he is the only person, yeah. much like how Andy Serkis is the only guy who can do motion capture acting properly. Yeah, yeah. He, Michael Sheen is the only guy who can do an impersonation and a performance at the same time. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely love Frost Nixon. And yes, I, think I really love that he's, film too. He's, that, he's, that should be a, a, a people's pitch. A pitch. Yep, whichever way around we call it. Yeah, pitch days. to the people. Yeah, 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 one of the two. Yeah. yeah, we should nail down the nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should do. Yeah. Um, it is uh, because of Sheen's performance. It's easy to forget the other um, top actors who are in the movie. Right, um, Timothy Spall. Right, uh, is Peter Taylor, who's who's uh, Sheen's kind of constant number two. Okay. Um, uh, Colin Meaney mm-hmm. plays Don Revy, who is the manager that he takes over from at Leeds. Right. Okay. Um, Jim Broadbent is the chairman of one of the teams. Oh. Derby, I think yeah, he's the chairman of Derby County. Right, I got uh, I got a bit confused then. That's like right. I said, football football's not my sport. Yeah, no, it doesn't either. involve any tuplexes or chairs. <laughs> right, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, there are no motor cars, so <laughs> no. Um, and a couple of other faces pop up as uh, footballers who you might recognise: Martin Compton, right, yeah, uh, and uh, Stephen Graham with a fantastic hairpiece and a slightly iffy Scottish accent. <laughs> okay, is, is Billy Bremner, right? Um, uh, I spent all of his scenes. I was just looking at his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'm going to say, why do I like it? I just do. Um, 
even be, even beyond the performance, right? Uh, okay. I just kind of enjoy the film. It's a it's a look at a confident, cocky, egotistical, competitive man who's who's snubbed by his hero and driven to best him at any cost. Okay. Really, right? Okay. Um, so you know, it's one of the things I quite like. Um, you, I mean, we we've all got these movies occasionally that we come across where this is the subject matter is of absolute no interest, but the film is great. So, for example, Shall We Dance? Not interested in ballroom dancing particularly, no. but an amazing film. Moneyball, no interest in baseball, but an amazing film. I need to rewatch Moneyball. I watched it on an aeroplane. Yeah, uh, I think it was like my fourth movie of the flight. Yeah, and I think I might have fallen yeah, asleep you need, towards you need the to, end. It, it, it needs a bit of like a certain level of attention. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, you know, and I tried. For, yeah, and then if, like for example, for you like with Senna, you know, you, you don't like motorsport, no. but you like the movie. So yeah. I, it's always great to find these films that. Mm. You've got no other interest in other than the story. The other thing uh, I'd suggest you keep an eye on in this film yeah. um, is the way it's shot. Because um, you'd think it would be... It's odd. It runs... It straddles this very odd fine line of being both television and cinematic. Right. Um, I can't explain that, and okay. hopefully you'll understand it when you see it. Okay. Um, and the framing is very odd, but right. not unattractive. Okay, it's, it's quite unconventionally framed. People's heads will appear in the frame where you don't expect them right. to be, that but sounds, it's not wrong. If that, that makes sense, that sounds a bit like um, the Ipcris file. That's got some bizarre framing in it, which just absolutely. I've seen that for a very long time. Yeah, it absolutely works. Um, for, like, but but I mean, if if uh, if if I, if I framed up a shot like that and you looked at it. You'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You know, so yeah, I, I I like things like that that kind of defy convention, but mm. and shouldn't work, but do. Yeah, so that's it. Cool. I look forward to seeing it. Excellent. Good. I'll dig the DVD out of my bag in a minute. Brilliant. Uh, before we go, we should tell people how they can get in contact. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and as I foolishly open my uh, book to my page with all that information, on, <laughs> I guess it falls to me. As always. On Twitter, we are at HYS Podcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. Uh, the blog has its shiny new URL, have you seen.net, which uh, I went into my pocket for. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll be expecting a check soon, Web. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, and if you have lots to say about any of the movies we, you've seen, we've seen, we've talked about, and you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> You get it. You get it. Little, it's close little too much sugar this yeah, week. But e- e- even ones that they've seen that we haven't. That's fine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yes. Very good. This is why you should do this, not me. Um, <laughs> the email address is podcast at have you seen dot net. If you're going to pitch to us, we reckon about a side, a typed side of A4 is. Uh, yeah, that, that's usually about right. About but, uh, right. Yeah. If you know, if you can do it in a paragraph, that's that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as I've been saying the past few weeks, uh, if you consume us via iTunes or indeed Apple's new podcast app, which they've mm-hmm. launched for all of their various devices, mm-hmm. uh, please leave us a rating and a review. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's uh, fairly important because it keeps us visible within uh, mm-hmm. the iTunes catalog, yep. which means more people can find us and more people can listen to us. Yeah. More people can send us pitches. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure more people can enjoy our rambling velvety dulcet tones I was going to go for but <laughs> I think enough. rambling kind of sums it up more succinctly <laughs> yeah um, thanks as always to Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio uh, which is in fairly decent nick this week I'm oh, impressed hey. uh, and to Alexia Mum for all his technical assistance absolutely yeah um, until next week in the words of Vanishing Point the question is not when we're going to stop but who's going to stop us nice <laughs> <laughs>